We're going to be learning the fourth piece in Chidusha Rabbeinu Chaim HaLevi in Hilchus Ishus. This is Perak Vav Halacha Dalid. In this piece, Rab Chaim analyzes a unusual Shitas Rambam uh, in the situation of uh, Tnai Kodim Lamasa, one of the Mishpatei HaTnai, one of the rules in order to make a condition in Halacha is that it has to be the condition comes before the action. The tenai is kodem lemasa, it's before the action upon which the condition is made. And this is derived from Bnei God and Bnei Ruvain, when Moshe makes a condition with the tribes of God and Ruvain, uh, that they have to fight in order to inherit the land that they want outside of Israel. So first he says that if they fight, they'll get the land, and if they don't fight, they won't get the land. So the condition comes before the action. The Rambam has an unusual interpretation of this, which is different than the other Rishonim, and Rav Chaim analyzes it in this piece. The Rambam writes, If a man says to a woman, you're going to be married to me with this coin, the Nasan Hadinar Biyada, he puts the coin in her hand, and then he makes a condition. If he says, if you give me 200 coins, then uh, you'll be Mekudeshes, and if not, you're not. So that Tanai, Hareat Tanai Batel, that is a, a non-valid condition. They are married, and there is no condition. She does not have to give him any coins. Because the action came before the Tanai. So the Rambam is interpreting, unlike all the rest of the Rishonim, the Rambam understands that Tanai Kodem Lama'asa refers to the actual action upon which this condition is. So in this case, it's Ma'asa Kodem Litanai because he gave her the coin, which is the action, it's the Ma'asa, they're now married, and then there was a condition made after that. Now, the Ravid already picks up on this problem, and he asks on the Rambam that even if you were to say this whole formula before he gave her the money, it would still not be a good tenai, because in this case, the way the Rambam phrased it, it's a tenai after the Masa, because first he says, you're Mikudeshas to me, that's the Masa, and then after that he says, if you give me 200 coins. So that's the Tanai, and he phrased it after the Masa, so that's what we consider Masa Kodam Litnai. So the Ravid is reiterating the major sheet of the Rishonim of Rashi, Tosos, the Ramban, the Rashba, the Tur, the Ramach, the major Rishonim, including the Ravid, all explain it in this way, that the Halacha of Tanai Kodam Lamasa, that a condition is only valid if the condition comes before the masa has to do with the phrasing of it. It's about how you organize when you say it. You have to first say the condition, and then you say what the masa is going to be. The Rambam, on the other hand, has a different explanation of this, which is that the masa means the actual action which you are doing. You can organize it however you want, so long as the entire condition precedes the actual action which you're doing. Once you've done the action, then you can no longer make a tenai on that action. So in this case, where the man is marrying the woman, even if he says, you're going to be Mekudeshas, if you give me $200, that would be a fine tenai, so long as he doesn't give her the money until after he finishes saying the tenai. 
Now, there's a glaring problem with this position of the Rambam, which the Ravid references, he asks this, and that is that the whole Mishpatah Tanayim, all of the halachas of how to structure a Tanay, how to make a Tanay, all of that is learned out from Tanay Bnei God Uvnei Ruvain, when Moshe makes the Tanay with the tribes of God and Ruvain. And in that Tanay, Moshe says, first of all, Imiyavru, if you will fight, which is the Tanay, and then Vunasatim, then they will get the land in Israel. So the Tanai part is organized before the Ma'asa is said, in the way Moshe says it. So if we learn out Tanayim from Bnei God Bnei Ruvain, why should we not have to make every Tanai in the same way? And why does the Rambam hold that you don't need Tanai Kodim Lamasa in the way you say it, the way the other Rishonim hold, if that was the way the original Tanai was made? We should have to copy that in every subsequent Tanai, like the other Rishonim say. So Reb Chaim explains in the Shittas Rambam that Bnei Godu Bnei Ruvain was a different sort of Tanai because that was Alpiyadei Hadibor. That was through a prophecy from Hashem. So at the moment when Moshe said the word Unisatem, which, which came directly from Hashem, it was a prophecy, at that immediate moment, the Bnei Godu Bnei Ruvain immediately got their portion. It already belonged to them. When Hashem says something, so then it says, if that itself is an action. Hashem's speech is an action. So according to the Rambam, the original Tanai for God and Ruvain was not just a matter of speech, the way all subsequent Tanaim are when a human makes a condition, but that condition was fundamentally different because it came from Hashem, so it had an action in it. It's as if an action was being done through that Tanai. And therefore, what we derive from there is not how you should organize your speech, but that the Tanai has to be done before the action which is being discussed. Just like Hashem said, if they will go over, that which is the Tanai, then they will get it. And immediately at that moment, the Ma'asa was done. So you see that the Tanai has to be done before the actual Ma'asa. Now Reb Chaim asks that the Shittas HaRambam in Perak Vav, Halacha Yud Zayin, is that a Tanai Demei Ashev, if I make a condition which is going to take effect retroactively. So once this condition is fulfilled, then the action that I made the condition on will retroactively take effect. At this moment, it's going to take effect once the Tanai is fulfilled. So the Rambam holds that that type of condition does not need Mishpatayat Tanai. You can say it however you want. You don't need any of the rules that we learn out from the, the original Tanai that Moshe made. So if so, and Reb Chaim's telling us that in Moshe's Tanai, it took effect immediately, then that seems to be the same as a Tanai Demei Achshav, and you shouldn't need Mishpatea Tanaim at all. So that would be a major problem if the original condition from which we learn out all Mishpatea Tanaim was a Tanai Demei Achshav, and according to the Rambam, you don't even need Mishpatea Tanaim in that sort of Tanai. So Reb Chaim explains a very profound idea when it comes to Tanaim, and he, this is based on the Rambam in Hilchus Gerish and Perak Tess. The Rambam explains what is the difference between someone who's Megarish al-Tanai, they divorce on condition, versus someone 
who says the divorce is not going to happen for some period of time or until something is done in, in a way which is not a tenai. So the Rambam explains that for when it's a tenai, yesh sham gerushin, there is immediately a gerushin. But they don't conclude until the tenai is completed. So that means that there's immediately a gerushin in this situation, but it does not take effect until after the tenai is completed. That's how the Rambam understands a tenai. As opposed to a case where someone just says the gerushin is not going to happen for six months or a year, then nothing happens until after six months or a year. So there would seem to be three different categories. There's pushing off something for a period of time, which means that the whole thing happens later. There's a tenai, which means that it starts now, it, it takes effect now, but it really takes effect after the tenai is completed. And then there's a tenai de me'achshav, which means once the tenai is completed, then it retroactively takes effect from the moment it started. Those are the three categories that Reb Chaim draws out from the various Rambams. Says Reb Chaim that uh, given this framework, now we can explain how the Rambam views the Tanai that Moshe made because a regular Tanai, the way Rab Chaim describes it is Ikar Yisoda Din Shal Tanayim, the essential Din of Tanayim is Shigomer Hamasa Bikinyano. It completes the action right now. But the Tanai precludes it from completing until after the Tanai is fulfilled. But every Tanai, the action takes effect immediately, not just the Tanai Demei Achshav. A Tanai Demei Achshav is one step more that once the Tanai is completed, it all goes back retroactively. A regular tonight, when the tonight is completed, it's completed at that time, the whole action. So in the same way, Moshe's Tanai, even though it took effect right now, but that doesn't stop the fact that it was still a regular Tanai. It was not a Tanai Demei Achshav. It took effect right now in the sense that as soon as Moshe said from Hashem, Unesatem, that they are going to get the land, they immediately acquired the land. But it did not fully become theirs until after the Tanai was completed. So in that sense, it's a regular Tanai and we're able to learn out Mishpatei HaTanayim from it. But Rab Chaim's initial idea remains that according to the Rambam, this was a Tanai which had an actual Ma'asa in it. It wasn't just a discussion of the Ma'asa. It wasn't just a figure of speech or a way to organize the way Moshe presented it, but it was actually a Ma'asa which was being done that they were going to acquire the land. And therefore, when we say tonight, Kodim Lamasa, we mean that the condition part has to be said before the Ma'asa happens. But it has nothing to do with when a human makes a tonight how they phrase it, they could uh, put the masa first or the tenai first in the way they speak it, so long as they don't do the masa. Again, Hashem's speech is the equivalent of our masa. Now, Reb Chaim continues, and he says that this svara, that Hashem's speech is the same as our action, seems so obvious that even the Ravid is going to hold like that. It's not that the Ravid disagrees and says that when Hashem was speaking, it's just a figure of speech, it's just a form of speech, and it's not a masa. The Ravid too agrees that it's a masa. So why does the Ravid then disagree with the Shittasar Rambam, that Tanai Kodem Lamasa is just a matter of how you organize your speech? So Reb Chaim explains that the, the Ravid's opposition to the Rambam is because you always need to say what the Masa is going to be in a Tanai. You can't leave the Masa unspoken. Even in situations, there are cases where a Kiddushin or a Gerushin could happen without the person saying 
what they're doing. So, uh, for example, the Iman Kiddushan on Davvav talks about if it's clear that someone is trying to be Mekadesh, a woman, even if he gives her a, a coin or a ring quietly, she would still be Mekudeshes. Uh, same thing with Gerushin. Uh, there's Postkim that uh, hold that if he if it's clear and he gave her a get, she would still be divorced, even if he didn't say anything. So there are ways to get around the need to say things when it comes to Ger- Kiddushin and Gerushin. But even in those cases, says Rab Chaim, if the person wants to make a tenai, they would certainly need to say, if such and such happens, you're going to be Mekudeshes. And if it doesn't happen, you're not going to be Mekudeshes. You can't just leave it hanging and say, you need to do such and such. And if you don't do such and such, not. You need to say what's going to happen. And the proof for this, says Rab Chaim, is because one of the Mishpatea Tanaim, there are four things that we learn out from the way Moshe made his Tanai, and one of the other ones is Hain Kodem Lalav. You have to say the positive part before you say the negative part. So you have to say, if you do such and such, then such and such, and if not, then not. It has to be the positive, the yes, before the no. And the essential aspect of the Hain, of the yes, is that you say what is going to happen, what the Masa is going to be. So that shows, says Rab Chaim, that you always have to say the ma'aseh if you're making a tenai. Even if it's a situation where you wouldn't have to say anything ordinarily, but for a tenai, you always have to say what the ma'aseh is. So accordingly, the Ravid says that when Moshe made the tenai, it included two aspects. When he said, unasatem, that they're going to get the land, it was both saying what the Masa is, which is necessary for every Tanai. And second, it was the actual Masa because at that moment they were getting it from Hashem's prophecy. So according to both the Ramam and the Ravid, you can't say that it was only one or the other because we need both. On the one hand, when Hashem says Unisatem, it's an immediate Masa. It goes right away to them. So it has that component that it's the actual Masa. And on the other hand, you have to say the Masa in a Tanai so it had to be part of Moshe's speech as he was making the Tanai. The question that the Rambam and the Ravid are arguing about is which is the more important factor when we learn out to regular human Tanayim. So the Ravid says that when the Gemara learns out Tanai Kodim Lamasa from this Tanai, it's a reference to the way Moshe said it, to the way he organized it, and because that is the essence of the Tanai. The fact that the Masa also happened through Moshe's speech is a separate thing. It's not essential. It's not part of the Tanai. It's another component of what happened during Moshe's speech, but it's not the actual Tanai itself. So when we learn out from Moshe's Tanai, we learn out from the other aspect of the Masa, which is that it has to be said after the Tanai. So what we're learning out and deriving from Moshe is that Unisatem was after Imiavru. So you see that you need Tanai Kodim Lamasa in the way you organize your speech. And that's why the Ravid holds that when the Masa itself happens is not part of this discussion because that's a sort of unrelated issue to the actual Tanai itself, which we learn out from Moshe. On the other hand, the Rambam disagrees with this and he holds that the Masa itself 
is even more fundamental to the whole Tanai than the Tanai of the Masa. The Tanai, when you repeat the Masa as part of the Tanai, it's just uh, alluding to it. But the Masa itself is even better. So if we're going to learn out something from Moshe, then we might as well learn out from that part of the Unisatem, that it's a Masa itself, and the Tanai has to precede the doing of the action of the Masa itself. So the Machlokas, the Ramam and the Rai, but they both fundamentally agree with the framework that Moshe's Unisatem was both a statement of what's going to happen as well as it happening in the moment. They both agree that it had a dual component. The Machlokas, the Ramam and the Ravid is which is the aspect that we learn out for human tonight. The Ravid holds we should learn out from the way Moshe organized his speech because that was the essence of the Tanai. And the Rambam holds that we should learn out from the fact that the actual giving of the land happened in the moment when he said it because that's the much more fundamental part in general than just alluding to what's going to happen, just saying what's going to happen. So that's the Machlokas, the Rambam and the Ravid. What Tanai Kodim Lamasa means? Is it how you organize your speech? Or is it that the Tanai has to be said before the Masa is done? Now, Reb Chaim continues and he says that there are two types of halachas that we learn out from Moshe's Tanai. One is how to structure a Tanai, how you have to say the Tanai. And the two obvious examples of that are Hain Kodem Lalav, that it has to be the positive before the negative, and that you need a Tanai Kuffel. You have to repeat it. It has to be both sides. If this, then this, and if not, then not. You have to say both of it. So those are both how to structure a Tanai. The second type of things that we learn out are what kinds of situations can you make a condition on? So this is not about how to say it, but when are you able to apply a tanai? And the obvious example of that is that you're unable to make a tanai on something which cannot be done through a messenger, through a shliach. If you have a situation where you wouldn't be able to fulfill this through a messenger, then it is ineligible to have a tanai made on it. So you see very clearly that a three out of the four mishpatei tanai, and we can group uh, clearly, under either how to structure a Tanai or which situations a Tanai is eligible for. The question here is, this Tanai Kodem Lamasa, which of those categories does it fall into? So in the Shittas Arayvit, it's clear that this is in the first category of how to structure a Tanai and how to say it. But the question is, in the Rambam, who holds that the Tanai has to be said before you do the Masa, is this a Halacha in which types of situations you can make a Tanai? Any situation where you have already done the Masa is no longer eligible for a Tanai, so it's in the second category. Or is it still in the first category, and it means that in the structuring of the Tanai, it has to be said before the ma'aseh. If you say it after the ma'aseh, then you've organized the tanai badly, and it's not an effective tanai. So Reb Chaim says, if the Rambam holds that tanai kodem lamasa is the second category kind, it's that you cannot make a tanai on something which the masa has already been done, it's no longer eligible for a tanai, then that would explain why he disagrees with the Ravid's position. Because once you've done the masa, it's ineligible because it's a different type of action. It's a different type of situation. But if you only said the masa, why should that affect whether or not you're able to make a tanai? So the Rambam says that it must be a reference to the actual masa, not just the saying or describing what's going to happen, because that wouldn't 
disqualify this situation anymore from having a tnai applied to it. So Reb Chaim says this would be nice, but it doesn't fit because the Ran in Kiddush and Paragimel has a question on the Rambam from the Gemara in Gitin on Daf Ayin Hey, which is discussing a get shchiv meira, a get of a husband who's about to die. So the Gemara there says that if he wrote, it won't be a get if I don't die, that would be considered ma'ase before the tanai, because he talked about whether or not it's a get before the condition of whether or not he dies. So that would violate the principle of tanai kodem lamasa. But to there, says the Ran, he didn't give her the get yet, so he didn't do the masa. He only referenced that he wrote it. So that seems to be in opposition to the Rambam's position that Masa here is a reference to the actual Masa, because in that Gemara it's referencing Masa just by referring to the Masa of it becoming a get. That's the Ran's question on the Rambam. So because of this question, Rav Chaim says that we have to modify greatly this Shittas Rambam, and there really isn't a drastic machlokas here between the Rambam and the Ravid and the other Rishonim. The Rambam fundamentally does agree with their position, as is evident in that Gemara in Andaf Ayin Hay. The Rambam's position, says Rav Chaim, is that whenever you make a tanai and you say what Masa is going to happen, you say that it's going to be a Ged or it's going to be Kiddushin, that it's... You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! 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 Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Self is considered as if you're doing the action because by this person referencing the get or the kiddushin, they're already enacting that it's going to be a kiddushin or a get. The kiddushin and the get needs this person to specify what's going to happen here. So by saying this is going to be the kiddushin or this is going to be the get, that is already a kiyum of the ma'asets as if they've done the action of the kiddushin or the gitin. And therefore, it would have to be said after the tanai. So even the Rambam who holds that Masa here is a reference not to the way you speak, but to doing the actual Masa, he agrees that when it comes to a regular Tanai, you have to say the Tanai first and then the Masa. You have to organize it that way because saying the Masa is already enacting the Masa. And therefore, if you said it before the Tanai, it would be a problem. In other words, in certain ways, we could say that Rab Chaim's now extending his chiddush, that when Hashem speaks, it's as if an action was done. And he's extending that now to any person who makes a tanai with regard to Gitin and Kiddushin, that when they speak, the, the fact that they said and specified what this, what this is going to be is already a form of an action. So just like Hashem couldn't say the action before the Tanai, so too every person can't say the Masa before the Tanai. And uh, so the Rambam agrees with the other Rishonim that you have to organize it with Tanai Kodem Lamasa. The Machlokas is just how we get there. The other Rishonim hold that that's what we learn out from Moshe's Tanai, that your speech has to be structured in a certain way. The Rambam hold is not really about your speech. It's about the Masa can't be done, but your speech of Kiddushan and Gitin is a form of Masa and therefore it has to be after the Tanai. 
But the, either way, now that the Rambam agrees with the other Rishonim, so that would answer the Ron's question. Yes, the Gemara and Gitin says that uh, the person has to say the Tanai before saying this will be a get. And the, the Rambam too agrees with that, even if it's for a bit of a different reason. Now, says Rabbi Chaim, coming back to our two categories from before, so let's analyze. If the Rambam holds that Tanai Kodim Lamasa is in the category of where you're eligible to make a Tanai, and in any case where the action was done, you're ineligible now for a Tanai, then it wouldn't make sense to apply it to this understanding of Tanai Kodim Lamasa. Because even though the man spoke about Kiddushin or Gitin, but it hasn't happened yet. He's only setting the stage for it to happen. In that regard, it's a masa. But it's not a masa like it's over and done and something changed in this situation. So why shouldn't you be able to keep making a tanai? In other words, why should the Rambam hold that if you say the masa and then you say the tanai, it's not good because this is no longer eligible for a tanai? Nothing changed in this situation. Says Rab Chaim, it must be that even the Rambam agrees with the Ravid that Tanai Kodim Lamasa is in the first category. It has to do with how to structure a Tanai, how to say it. So therefore, once you say the Masa, and it's somewhat, it's like a quasi-Masa, it sets the stage for a Masa. So that already invalidates the structure of the Tanai, and it's no longer a good Tanai. It cannot be applied because you said it in a way which differed from when Moshe made his original Tanai, where the Tanai was said before the Ma'asa was said, which immediately took effect. So too, in all Tanayim, you'd have to say the Tanai before the Ma'asa, before you say something which is going to be part of the Ma'asa. But if you say something which is part of the Ma'asa before the Tanai, then it invalidates the whole Tanai and it doesn't take effect. But Reb Chaim saying that even the Rambam has to agree that Tanai Kodim Lamasa is in the first category. It has to do with the structuring and the organization. It's not that this situation is ineligible for a Tanai. So the Rambam does not disagree with the other Rishonim in that regard. And uh, the only thing they disagree about is what we derive from Moshe's Tanai. Do we derive that it has to be before the Ma'asa, the actual Ma'asa, or before you say the Ma'asa? And as we just saw through this discussion, Rabbi Chaim doesn't even think it's such a drastic machlo because at the end of the day, practically, the Rambam's basically going to get to the same place as the other Rishonim, just he has a different understanding of how to get there. Now, Reb Chaim has one final significant point, which reaffirms what he just said and even takes it a step further. The Rambam in Helchus Gerush and Perek Tess, Halacha Chaf, he paskins the case we just talked about of the get of the Shechiv Meirah. Someone's dying and they write a get and the Gemara had said that they have to write if they die, it will be a get and if they don't die, it won't be a get but they have to write about their death before the get because that would be Tanai Kodem Lamasa. Now the Rambam paskins that this structure of the Tanai has to follow this order, whether they say it orally, whether they say it to the wife, or whether they write it into the get itself. Even if they write it in the get itself, they have to maintain the proper order of the Tanai. Says Rab Chaim, this is very problematic because the Rambam holds that Tanai Kodem Lamasa means that the Tanai has to be before the action was done. So in the case where he wrote it into the get, it's all going to happen as soon as he gives her the get. 
So who cares how he structures the what's written in the get, whether the Tanai is first or the Masa is first. At the moment of the get, the Tanai and the Gerushin, everything is going to come into effect in one moment. And according to the Rambam, that should should not violate Tanai Kodim Lamasa. It's just Tanai and Masa at the same time. So how can the Rambam say that this Mishpatea Tanayim, this rule applies even in a case where he wrote it in the get and then he gives it to her? It seems that the Rambam Lashitoso should hold that in that case it's impossible to have Masa before the Tanai. By definition in that case, it's just Tanai and Masa coming together. So Reb Chaim tries a solution which he doesn't like. But he says you could have argued that the tenai in this situation is not on the actual divorce, but it's on this get, whether or not this is going to be a valid get. So the tenai that he's making it concerns the get itself and whether this is going to be usable. And that's why it needs to be structured in the proper way, because if he writes the masa first before the tenai, so then during the writing of the get, this masa will take effect before the Tanai can take effect. So if we move it back one step from the Gerushin to whether the get is an acceptable get, then it's possible to have Masa before the Tanai, and that's why it needs to be structured properly. So Rab Chaim does not like this because he says the Shitasar Rambam in Hilchus Gerushin Perak Ches Halacha Dalid is that every Tanai for a get has to be after the get is fully written, including the Torah the part which personalizes it and, and specifies who it's for. After that, there has to be a tenai. If the tenai comes before the get is completed, so then it's always a suffix gerushin. You can't use this even if the mishpatea tenayim were followed and the tenai is completed, it's going to be a suffix gerushin. So if so, says Rab Chaim, if the tenai here is on the writing of the get, then that's always going to be a suffix gerushin. You can't use it. So it must be that the tenai is not on the get itself. It's on the gerushin. And therefore, we're back to our question that once the get is completed and it's valid, and then he writes in a tenai and then he gives it to her, how could you ever have a masa before the tenai? What does it matter how he structured it or which comes first? No matter what, the tenai and the masa come together and it's impossible to have a masa before a tenai. And Reb Chaim adds that this is really a question even according to the Raivid and the other Rishonim who disagree with the Rambam and hold that Tanai Kodim Lamasa is a reference to how you organize your speech. Still, says Reb Chaim, in this situation, what do they care how it's written? What does it matter if the person writes the Tanai before the Masa or the Masa before the Tanai in the Get? As soon as he gives the Get, the Tanai and the Masa all happen at once. So here we don't have Tanai Kodem Lamasa, which is one of the requirements for a valid Tanai. So Rab Chaim says that maybe Bivas Achas is okay. If it all takes effect at once, that's also okay. It doesn't have to be Tanai before the Masa. It just can't be Masa before the Tanai. But if they're together, then it would be okay. But still, says Rab Chaim, this Gemara is problematic for the other Rishonim because what does it matter whether he wrote the Tanai first or he wrote the Masa first? Even if he writes the Masa first, it's happening at the same time when he gives her the get, and therefore it shouldn't be a problem. So why does the Gemara specify that it has to be Tanai Kodem Lamasa in that case when they're going to be happening at the same time? So this is a question not just on the Rambam, but on everybody. So says Rab Chaim that this reinforces the point 
that the only thing that matters for tonight, Kodem Lamasa, is how you structure the way it's said or written. It doesn't matter which one happens first, whether the Tanai comes first or the Masa comes first. It's irrelevant which one actually takes effect first. It has to be structured in a certain way. So when it's written into the get, even though they're both going to take effect at the same time when he gives her the get, still it has to be structured properly. Otherwise, it's not going to be a valid tenai. And that's why the Gemara insists that it has to be written with a tenai kodem lamas. So this makes sense of that Gemara and Gitin. Says Rab Chaim, obviously this only works according to the other Rishonim who disagree with the Rambam, and they hold that tonight Kodem Lamasa is purely a structural halacha. So in that situation, we could say that even in a get, where it's all going to take effect at the same time, but the Mishpatei Atanayim insists that it has to be structured and organized properly. But according to the Rambam, who understands Tanai Kodem Lamasa as a reference to the actual Maase, before the Masa takes effect, the Tanai has to have been said. So even though the Rambam, as Rab Chaim said, fundamentally agrees with the other Rishonim, that you have to say the Tanai before you say the Masa, but that's only because saying the Masa begins the Masa. It sets the stage for the Masa. But in this situation where they're writing it in a get and then he gives it to her, they both take effect at the exact same time. So what does it matter how it's written? It should make no difference whether it was written with the Tanai first or the Masa first. The Rambam can't say like the other Rishonim that this is purely a technical halacha, that it has to be structured in such a way when it's written. Because for the Rambam, it's not just purely technical. It's that the Tanai has to have been totally said before he begins saying something which is going to affect the Masa. But in this situation where he writes it in the get and gives it to her, both of them happen at the same time. There is no ma'ase before the tanai, and so it should make no difference whether he wrote the tanai or the ma'ase first. And we're back to the question, why does the Gemara insist on the proper order in that case? So because of this question, Rab Chaim now modifies the Shita Sarambam even more and brings him even more in line with the other Rishonim. In other words, originally because of the Ran's question on the Rambam from this Gemara, that why does the Gemara call Masa, in this case, his discussing and talking about the Masa, so Rab Chaim modified the Rambam and said that the Rambam also holds that speaking about the Masa is a form of Masa. But now that Rab Chaim added a further question, which is that when he writes it into the Get, they both take effect at the same time, so why according to the Rambam in that case doesn't matter how he wrote it? So now Rab Chaim modifies the Rambam even more. And he says that when the Rambam said that Masa here refers to doing the actual Masa, he doesn't mean the way we understood it, that it's a reference to actually doing the Masa. Rab Chaim says, It's not a reference to the act which is going to be done. It's a reference to when the person makes up their mind and decides conclusively to do this. That is what's called the Masa. That's when the very essence of the Tanai takes effect that only for this condition is he going to be doing this Masa. So if you say the Masa when you conclusively decide to do something before the Tanai, then at that point the Tanai is already irrelevant because you've already decided that you're going to do it without making any conditions. But if you say the Tanai before you conclusively decided to do it, so then by the time you conclusively make up your mind, you mean it only if the condition is fulfilled. 
So the Rambam now has a very profound idea when it comes to Tanai Kodem Lamasa, which is not just the technicality that a Tanai has to be said before the Masa, but the Tanai actually needs the Masa without saying the Masa later, which shows that you definitely mean this, the Tanai can't take effect. Just having a Tanai hanging in the air without a Masa following up and saying that if this Tanai is done, then the Masa takes effect, uh, a Tanai that doesn't have that is not going to be an effective Tanai. So now the Shittas HaRambam is that when we talk about Masa, and this halacha, we're not talking about the actual masa, which is how we initially had thought based on our surface understanding. Uh, the Rambam understands that masa and this halacha is a reference to your decision to go ahead with this action. So that's why, according to the Rambam, if you have the tnai first and then you do the ma'asa, you then say it and it becomes clear that you're going to be doing it. So then that makes the tnai effective and it takes effect. But if you say the ma'asa first, then the tnai that follows does not have the necessary reinforcement to take effect. And Rab Chaim even says that theoretically, let's say there was a case where you said a, a masa that you're going to do, but you didn't mean it. We don't have such a case because when you say it, we assume you mean it. But theoretically, if someone were to say a masa and not mean it, so then the tnai couldn't take effect even if the masa followed the tnai. Because again, this is not just the technicality for the Rambam that the technically the masa uh, discussing it has to be after the Tanai, but it's actually that the Masa is intrinsic, it's in- integral for the Tanai to take effect and to reinforce the acceptance of the Tanai. And so, coming back to the Rambam's original case, the Rambam had said that if he gives her the money for Kiddushin, so the Masa is done, he can no longer make a Tanai. Reb Chaim says the Rambam's not saying if you do a Masa, you can't make a Tanai. He actually means it the other way, that once you've done a masa, then we know for certain that you decided already to do it, and then you can no longer make a tanai in that case. So unlike the way we initially read this Rambam, and the Raivid read it, and other Mepharshim read it, that the Rambam is trying to say that masa here means the actual masa taking effect. Reb Chaim saying that the other way. The Rambam is saying that once you do the masa, that it takes effect, so then you certainly have decided in your mind to do it. You've gone ahead with it and you can't make a tanai. But even in the less extreme case where you didn't actually do the masa, you only decided you're going to do it and you said that you're going to do it. So even in that case, the Rambam would agree that you can no longer make a tanai. So that's very similar to the way the other Rishonim understand it, that the tanai has to be said before the masa. And uh, even though the Rambam seems to disagree with that and hold that the Tanai has to be said before you do the Masa, but now Reb Chaim is saying that he also holds really that the Tanai has to be said before you say the Masa, because saying the Masa is an indication that you've made up your mind to do this. So having arrived at this rereading of the Shittas HaRambam, says Reb Chaim that this will answer the questions that he had. First of all, the uh, Gemar and Gittin, which says that even if the man writes in the get a Tanai and gives it to her, so the Tanai and the Masa happen at the same time, uh, even so, it needs to be written in a certain way because the Rambam too agrees 
that writing the Maase creates a certain decision, which if it's done before the Tanai is written, is going to make the Tanai ineligible. So even when a person is writing it and then going to give the get, they have to write the Tanai first, and only then can they write the Maase, which then affirms the Tanai that they wrote in, and you always have to have the Tanai Kodim Lamasa. So the Rambam would agree with the other Rishonim in that case, that the Tanai has to be before the Maase, because this is based on Reb Chaim's reading of the Rambam, where he holds very similar to the other Rishonim, that the Tanai has to be before the Maase, not just because once the Maase takes effect, you can't make a Tanai, but it's necessary to structure it with the Maase after the Tanai. And this would also explain how we learn out from the Tanai Bnei Godu Bnei Ruvain, because over there, the Tanai was before the Maase. The way Moshe said it was the Tanai first, then the Maase. So the Rambam also agrees that you have to have a Tanai before the Maase. The Ravid's question that the Rambam seems to hold, you could say it however you want, so long as the Tanai happens after the Maase. Uh, the way Rab Chaim is reading this, the Rambam too agrees that you have to have the Tanai before the Maase, exactly the way Moshe made his Tanai. So to recap, Reb Chaim's key point in this piece is to reread the Shittas Rambam. There's a very unusual Rambam, which seems to reinterpret Tanai Kodem Lamasa in a way that's very different than the other Rishonim. The other Rishonim understand that it's about how you organize and say the Tanai. The Rambam seems to understand that Masa in this case literally means the Maasa before the action takes effect. And Reb Chaim raises some problems with that. Initially, he does discuss the idea that maybe Hashem's speech is different than ours, and that would be more like a ma'ase, because it takes effect immediately. But ultimately, Rab Chaim believes that the Rambam fundamentally does agree with the other Rishonim, that the Tanai has to be said before the ma'ase. What the Rambam is disagreeing with the other Rishonim about is how to understand this halacha. The other Rishonim understand that it's a technicality, that the Tanai needs to be said before the ma'ase, because that was how Moshe said it. The Rambam, though, understands that the Tanai has to be followed by the Masa, which affirms that this Tanai is the only re- way that this person is going to make up their mind. So they have to have that Masa in order to strengthen the Tanai. And if the Tanai comes after the Masa, then it can no longer take effect. So for the sake of the Tanai, it needs a Masa afterwards. And this, the Rambam illustrates by saying that if the Masa was already done, then you can no longer have a Tanai made on that. Because we see that you don't care whether the tonight happens or not. You're willing to do the masa. So anytime you want a tonight to take effect, it would have to be followed by the masa, which indicates that you've made up your mind at that point to do it once the tonight is fulfilled.